0: Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, we hope you are preparing your hearts and making room to welcome the Savior in. And a part of that is helping others do that as well. A big part of that is praying for them prayer is so important in all this. We're so blessed to have a, a wonderful prayer ministry here. Every time you fill in a prayer request uh, in, the, in those uh, cards, in the bulletin, they're prayed over throughout the week. Um, our prayer quilt ministry has created thousands of quilts that have been given to people in special, uh, special circumstances. And in fact, just this week, uh, a special quilt made and, and uh, has been framed and is down uh, across from our Life Center. And I hope you perhaps have a chance to see it as a, as a representation of what God is doing as we get ready for, yes, Christmas, but, but really for life. Why are we here? We are here to be the hands and feet and the voice of Christ, to be used by him. And Christmas Eve is a great opportunity to invite and to tell that good news and to let others know about that. And, and we encourage you to invite folks who don't have a church home. Uh, we give away our Christmas Eve offering to Starfish Kenya. We do that because a lot of people come and they think all the church wants is their money. And so on a day where we receive one of the largest offerings of our year, we give it away. Because we want to show that it's not about the money. It's about Jesus. It's about how we can serve and be a part of what he is doing we serve on christmas eve because it's not about everybody else it's about how god uses us individually we invite you know i've already gone through my first batch of of cds giving those away and i picked up put some more in and picked up some more this morning to take with me and i hope you will too uh we really don't want any cds left um and and yet your invitation Not, as Betsy said, maybe if you were here earlier, just laying them out somewhere, but your invitation, handing them to somebody, just saying, here, you know, if if you know them well, maybe you can talk to them. If you don't know them that well, maybe just, hey, here's a gift for you. And if you're interested, there's some information about a service. Nothing about it has to be arm-twisting or harsh. It can just be given in love because that's what Jesus did for us. Because I tell you, you will never know what a difference your investment of time, energy, and resources is going to make. But I assure you, God will use anything and everything you entrust back to him to impact the world beyond you. And likely in ways you never expected, in unexpected ways that you could never imagine. We think we have it all figured out. We think we know how he's going to work. Edward Kimball was a boys' Sunday school teacher back in the 1850s. And he prayed every day for those boys in his class to commit themselves to Jesus Christ, to do all that he could to help each boy develop that relationship with Christ. And and you can imagine how challenging that might be. And we'll be showing, I've got some slides, of a picture of, of Edward here. Going back to that time, you can imagine how challenging that would be. But he went, one he, day, he, he went to a shoe store where one of his boys, a 17 year old young man, was stocking shelves. And he was determined to help that young man realize the importance of the gospel for his life. And his love and compassion for that young man did, it impacted him. And he came to faith in Jesus Christ. His name was Dwight L. Moody. And, and Dwight L. Moody, Moody went on to touch two continents. For Jesus Christ. He shared the gospel with a hundred million people. He founded the Moody Bible Institute and the Moody Church in Chicago. But the story doesn't end there. Uh, through Moody's ministry, Wilbur Chapman became an evangelist who preached to thousands, including the professional baseball player Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday quit baseball, came to faith, quit baseball, became an evangelist. And under his preaching, a man named Mordecai Ham came to faith and also became an evangelist. Ham brought revival meetings to Charlotte, North Carolina during the fall of 1934. A sandy-haired, lanky high school student who went by the name Billy Frank vowed he would never, he would never go to hear Ham preach but when he learned that some of his fellow students were planning to interrupt and disrupt the meeting he decided he would go just to see what happened he didn't mean to stay but something he heard caught his attention and he began coming back each night until on november 1st of 1934 he committed his life to jesus christ billy frank eventually became known by his full name billy frank graham or Billy Graham, as most of us know him today, who would go on to preach, by some estimates, to over 2 billion individuals, and by whom and through whom God would use to see millions come to faith in Jesus Christ. And it all began 80 years earlier with a volunteer Sunday school teacher who doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but who prayed for each boy In his class. I want to assure you Edward Kimball could not have foreseen those unexpected events, those unexpected lives that would be impacted by his commitment. But Christ worked in him and then through him to work beyond him to leave a legacy that is still impacting lives today over and over again through the pages of the Bible we see God working in unexpected ways to share his love for his human creations Uh, and and Christmas is the ultimate example of God working in those unexpected ways I mean I say this each week but it is so important emptying himself God the creator of the universe becoming flesh and blood confined to 8 pounds of flesh being born to a peasant teenage girl, announcing the good news not to kings, not to religious leaders of the day, but to simple shepherds. Dying on a cross, the emblem of suffering and shame so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins and being resurrected on the third day, as he said he would, as proof that nothing, nothing is too hard for him. I mean, all of this, so unexpected. But that's because his goal has never been to fulfill our dreams, to give us what we want, but to give us what we need because he loves us and wants the best for you and me and for the whole world. It is precisely the unexpected that gets us past our preconceptions and helps us to begin to see God for who he really is and what he wants to do. God has done that in many of you, and he wants to do that in so many more. And the amazing thing, the crazy thing, the unexpected thing is that he wants to do it through you, to accomplish beyond you the transformation of the world. All through the Bible, God did this. And, and, and people like Abraham and Joseph, Moses and David, and, and, and so many more, to touch not only those around them, but to touch those separated by them from distance and time, separated by thousands of years that we stand in that legacy today. And yet I am sure that as it began, none of them could conceive that you and I would be sitting here today because of them. And the amazing thing is that God most often chose to work in ordinary, regular folks, individuals who were not recognized as big-time leaders or influencers. I mean, most of us in this room would say we're nobodies, that, that we don't have, a, we don't have a, a big audience, we don't have a big sphere of influence. But what you discover if you look closely at Scripture and at the l- lives of human beings that God has used is that virtually all of them thought the same thing. What you are thinking is no different The difference is some of them chose to step out and do more. Abraham was a man of some affluence, but nothing about trusting a voice and uprooting your family and going west to lands unknown, for the promise of uncountable ancestors seemed likely. As Abraham and his wife Sarah were beyond the age in which a woman could become pregnant. Joseph was his father's favorite But he was soon despised by all of his brothers who ultimately sold him into slavery while at the same time deceiving his father. Moses should have been killed before he was three months old as a Hebrew child. But the hand of God preserved him into a life of ease as part of Pharaoh's family until until he stood up for a fellow Hebrew, killed a man, and ran away into the wilderness where for the next 40 years he happily just watched sheep and scripture tells us david seemed to be the least promising of all his brothers when the prophet samuel came to their home but by god's direction samuel anointed him as the next king of israel yet abraham would eventually have a son and become the father of the hebrew people and in the new testament we learn he is the spiritual father of every follower of jesus christ even up to today Joseph would save his family, leading to the birth of a vast people in Egypt that would eventually be enslaved. Moses would see and hear from a burning bush and be used by God to lead this vast people, the Israelites, to a promised land. And David would eventually become king. And Scripture shows, though, if you look closely, he was anything but a saint. And yet God saw a heart that always returned and submitted to him. And God promised David a king would one day arise from his ancestors who would set his people free. Guys, we got to understand, there were significant portions of these men's lives where they gave little or no thought that God would use them to touch their family, much less the world. It, it wasn't in the cards as far as they could tell. And yet, as they simply submitted their lives to God, unexpected things happened, and God worked through them to create a legacy that they could never imagine, legacies that are still impacting our world today. And of course, it's easy to say there was something special about them that would never apply to me or apply to you or, or whatever. Sure, most if not all of those men probably thought themselves no different from what we think sitting in this room today. How could God use me? Who am I? I'm just one of a crowd. I'm just a homemaker. I'm a father. I'm a mother. I'm an accountant. I'm a teacher. I'm a student. I'm too old. I'm too young. I've got physical ailments. I mean, the list could go on and on. One of the first guys I met when Susan and I moved here in 2004 was a man named Mike Malcolmus, a Marine Corps vet who at the time, though, was overcoming a time in prison because of drunk driving and that had disastrous results. But Mike had found Jesus Christ and he was going on mission trips at that point and, and, and helped Gateway and Gloria Day Lutheran establish a base camp in southern Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina that enabled thousands of volunteers to provide aid and service to that devastated area. Mike led our missions area until God called him to lead a ministry and let me just be frank, called a white guy into the third ward, a place where no one would have thought he would have any way to connect or make a difference but he began a ministry called generation one that is working to break the poverty the cycle of poverty in the lives of children in the community through the power of jesus christ some of you have have volunteered or worked there in one or more of their ministries and gateway continues to provide support just this weekend i received an email update from generation one and it says see your impact It says active parent parent involvement in 2014, 10%. Active parent involvement in 2015, 25%. Active parent involvement in 2016, 50%. God is working, yes. Several years ago, Roy and Pam Newberry felt God calling them to do something in Africa of all places. But what that was and how they would accomplish it was was not at all clear. They went to Africa. They went to Africa without a plan. They went to Africa with really just some vague contacts. And their trip to Africa in, in some ways only made them feel it worse at first because they were overcome with the despair and the hopelessness at the plight of the children of Kenya, many of whose families had been ravaged by the AIDS pandemic. Pam Newberry Wrote, with over two million children orphaned and many living on the streets, it is easy to be paralyzed into doing nothing. But God was impressing upon our hearts to focus on one child at a time. And for every child we could help, it would make a difference to that child. The starfish story kept coming to mind. Watch this video.
1: A young man is walking along the ocean and sees a beach on which thousands and thousands of starfish have been washed ashore. Further along, he sees an old man walking slowly and stooping often, picking up one starfish after another and tossing each one gently into the ocean. Why are you throwing starfish into the ocean, he asks. Because the sun is up and the tide is going out And if I don't throw them farther in, they will die. But, old man, don't you realize there are miles and miles of beach and starfish all along it? You could possibly save them all. You can't even save one-tenth of them. In fact, even if you work all day, your efforts won't make any difference at all. The old man listened calmly and then bent down to pick up another starfish, and threw it into the sea. It made a difference to that one.
2: Starfish Kenya is dedicated to making the words, Jesus loves me, this I know, a reality by supporting children in Kenya who have been devastated by poverty and the effects of AIDS. Seabrook Couple and Gateway members Pam and Roy Newberry founded Starfish Kenya in 2001 after a trip to Kenya, Africa, where they witnessed the ravaging effects of the HIV-AIDS virus, especially among children. Starfish Kenya is a non-profit organization supporting two ministries caring for children who have been orphaned by the HIV-AIDS pandemic, House of Hope and St. Anna Care Center. Today, Starfish Kenya and Gateway Community Church have given new life to over 378 orphans and children living in dire poverty. Additionally, hundreds of children attending House of Hope and St. Anna Schools have been touched by this ministry. Starfish Kenya is the sole supporter for House of Hope's children and those who oversee their care and education. Fundraising efforts have raised enough financial support to purchase 21 acres of land, provide a deep water well, and construct the House of Hope school, dormitories, a kitchen, a clinic, a soccer field, skills training facilities, a multi-purpose building for church and other group activities, and supporting infrastructure. Mission teams traveled to Kenya to visit House of Hope in Saint Anna's, bringing needed supplies, hosting Kids Club Kenya, providing skills training and performing supportive tasks, including construction. It has been clear from the beginning that God's hand has been on the seemingly hopeless task to empower and enable just a few of the over 2 million children in Kenya orphaned by the HIV-AIDS virus. It is through faith in the Lord's power, love, and provision that so many here have given and gone to impact so many there, thousands of miles away.
1: Hi guys, this is Moses from House of Hope. 2016 has been an amazing year. We had over 87 new children come into the sponsorship program. They are settled in and going on well with the academics. We want to thank you for being with us all the way. We're wishing you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and God bless you.
0: From one child adopted by the Basigwa family in the 90s, growing to to a handful of children, to the creation of Starfish Kenya in 2001 by Roy and Pam Newberry, to to Gateway's partnership with Starfish Kenya. This ministry continues to touch more and more lives. Starfish Kenya supports both House of Hope and St. Anna's School. House of Hope's only outside source, as you heard on the video, comes from Starfish Kenya, and Gateway is by far the vast majority of that support probably 95 percent of starfish kenya support comes through our church through starfish kenya 209 primary and high school children now are directly supported and live at house of hope while another 21 now have grown up to the point now where they are being supported in college starfish kenya is also providing partial support for 38 primary and high school students as well as 24 college and trade school students at saint annas that means right now 360 children are being sponsored and supported the house of hope board recently approved taking in an additional 41 new children this january but but moses whom you saw uh, there at the end of the, and son of founder margaret Besigua, whom died a couple of years ago uh, he asked if even more children could be added So the Starfish Kenya board studied and prayed and by faith agreed to enable House of Hope to add 63 new children, many of whom have no viable family to support them, much less educate them or protect them. Every one of these children is not only physically cared for, but spiritually. It's an integral part of the life of this ministry, encouraging these young people to commit their lives to Jesus Christ, to make them Lord of their lives, to use their life as seemingly as impossible from where they came from, to go out into the world and change Kenya and change the world. And what makes this possible, in part, is your support. Our Christmas Eve offerings, which we began in 2008, since then have raised a $1,075,000. Just since 2008. That has allowed House of Hope to build dorms, to build classroom space, to welcome in 63 new children next month. Raising the number of children living there. To about 275 i remember when i first arrived here that that one of the first things we did is we had a fundraiser to buy 21 acres of land because they were at that point they were caring for a handful of children maybe 10 or 12 or 13 in a house on about one and a half acres of land and gateway came together and we raised uh, enough money to purchase the 21 acres so that they could move from 10 or 15 to 20 or 25 children. And now we're talking about adding dozens of children at a time and continuing to minister to hundreds. Now it's been a bittersweet year because even as Starfish Kenya has continued to reach more children, many of you know we said goodbye to Roy Newberry, as the Lord called him home to heaven earlier this year. That's the thing about letting Christ work in you, to work through you, and then beyond you. You may not see all the fruit. You may not even be aware of the kind of legacy God wants to create in you and through you beyond you at least not now at least not in what you can see but God will help you know that you have made a difference, an eternal difference for the rest of time that those lives, those lives of those children will never be the same because of your Christmas Eve offering but, but the picture here what I want you to get, the common element that runs through the biblical stories, that runs through the modern day stories, is that none of these men and women started out knowing or understanding what God was preparing to do in them and through them and ultimately beyond them. They just took the, the next step of faithful obedience. They didn't have it all figured out. They didn't see three years or five years down. They didn't know the outcome. They simply trusted and took a step. They were ordinary men, ordinary women, as you and I are. Often with a different dream or no dream at all until Christ began to work in them. Guys, it's, it's faithfulness in the little things and taking that next step that opens the door for God to do amazing things that impact lives that, quite honestly, we will not realize or recognize or know, in many cases, about this side of heaven. And so that's a faith statement. Do I believe that God will use me in my faithfulness? That God will use me if I take a step that may be uncomfortable, that may be challenging. Many times the faithful will hit roadblocks. And quite honestly, others who hit those similar roadblocks stop trying. But people who leave a legacy, who sense God working in them and through them, trust God to continue even when they don't have it figured out, even when they don't see how it's going to happen, even if they can't see that it can happen at all. There were thousands of times that Billy Graham and Mike Malcolmus and the Newberries and Abraham and Joseph and Moses and David could have thrown in the towel, and no one would have faulted them. The people around them at that moment would have said, you did your best. You gave it a heart, good try. They ought to be just grateful you tried. I want to tell you, following Christ is not always easy but it is always amazing enabling you and me to see God work in us and through us ultimately beyond us in ways that we could never otherwise see some of you in here today a generation or two generations from now we're going to be talking about your name because you did something out of faith that impacted the world. Some of you, a generation or two from now, hardly anybody will remember your name outside of your family, but in heaven, they will be talking because you did something that impacted maybe only one or two. But that multiplication effect, especially into eternity, is amazing in Hebrews 11, the writer tells us the importance of faith. He says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And then the writer proceeds to give us example after example in Hebrews chapter 11 of men and women of faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses' parents, Moses, Israel, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, samson jephthah david samuel the prophets and and then this passage and i want to read the whole passage to you beginning in hebrews 11 verse 33 says as by faith these people overthrew kingdoms ruled with justice and received what god had promised them they shut the mouths of lions quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword their weakness doesn't that sound familiar? Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others, it's not everyone that it goes that way, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Guys, that's our legacy. We are cheered on by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Every single one of us. There's someone saying to you in heaven right now, I know you can do it. I know it seems impossible. I know it's asking more and and stepping out of your comfort zone. Where will unexpectedly say yes to God and serve during this Christmas season? Where, what will you unexpectedly give of yourself and your resources and gratitude for all God has done in you to allow Him to work through you and beyond you? What unexpected step, next step will you take for the sake of Christ and His church? In your, in your notes, that question is about halfway down on the back there. It's there for you to answer. I can't answer it for you. It's between you and God. It may be a a small step that, that just simply taking a CD today or signing up to serve is a huge step for you. Or maybe it's making a huge investment financially or volunteering in a ministry or helping a friend in need or listening to a coworker who's going through huge relationship issues. I don't know what it is. William Temple said the church is the only society on earth that exists primarily for the benefit of its non-members. Nearly 25 years ago this church began here in Clear Lake. I mean, who would have thought we'd have given over a million dollars in Christmas Eve offerings? Who would have thought that we have baptized thousands? Who would have thought that we could impact our world? It didn't happen all at once. It didn't happen in one big event. It happened as each one of us took a step of faith as each of us took that next step. James writes, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. That's what he says. We are called to be first fruits of his creatures. That God has done the unexpected. Breaking into this world through the birth of Jesus Christ. And now he gives you and me the privilege of joining in as first fruits. As those who, of us who have received Christ in our lives. That we would go on to produce fruit. Some fruit would be visible. Some fruit may not, may not show itself for generations. But there will be fruit. For each of us who trust Christ, don't let the real reason and purpose of Christmas escape you. (laughs) Let Jesus do the unexpected through you right now in the next few hours, the next few days so that you can be that first fruit, so that God can plant a legacy that frankly you may not see maybe even your kids won't see, I guarantee you Edward Kimball could not see that in praying for boys, one day his legacy would preach the word of God to over two billion souls. I don't know if that's your story or mine, probably not, but there is a story there is a legacy and He will work in you and through you and beyond you if you let Him. Our prayer team is down here if you need to talk to somebody. I hope you're praying for some folks. I am. I've already given this to two of the three people I'm praying for. I still don't know if they're going to show up but I'm going to keep praying and as I said I picked up some more today because I'm going to give some more away we have an opportunity be praying this week let the real reason for Christmas come alive in you and that way when December 26th comes it won't seem like I have to put a lot of stuff away. It's, I wonder what God's going to do next. If you're new today or somebody, Gateway family, you brought somebody, I'm gonna be out here, we'd love to meet you. Uh, We'd love for you to sign up today for where you might serve on Christmas Eve. And we want you to take the rest of these. Leave a few for the second service. But we're here to change the world. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to be God's legacy. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you that you cared so much for us that you sent your son Jesus. And, and each one of us can point to individuals who have touched our lives that they may not even know the difference they made. Father, may that you do that in us and through us for the sake of those beyond us. Father, may this Christmas be unlike anyone before it because we are following you, trusting you, obeying you. And even when we don't see the results, even when people dismiss us, we trust that you are working, that you are God, and there will be fruit we may not see until we get to heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.